Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. I uh, I am Truth Light, and I am starting my day with you from the mountains and forests of Flagstaff, Arizona, just outside of Sedona, Arizona. And uh, it is an amazingly beautiful morning here. We're super excited to have cloud cover and maybe some rain. <laughs> it's a little weird for a Florida girl to move to the desert. That's a little strange. So although in Florida they're getting lots of rain, from what I understand, we have lots of clouds here that are trying so hard to rain. So we're just going to send those clouds some energy and and let the water flow because, wow, is it fabulous to hear the raindrops again. So anyway, today we are talking about uh, our topic is Life is an empath, a survival guide. And this is not only for the empaths themselves, but the people who have to deal with them or the people who love them. It's really a very different manner of communication. And so we're going to go into a little bit about what what is it all about to be an empath and how is the world seen or felt a little differently from our end of things. I'm an empath, have been my whole life obviously, and uh, and it just becomes more and more uh, heightened as time goes by. And so it's really something that, you know, in doing the readings and the sessions that I do at the center in Sedona, uh, Sacred Light of Sedona, if you ever want to find me, um, I find that a lot of people are very empathic and they don't realize it. A lot of people don't even know what it means. So we're going to go into that, and we're also going to help people understand um, – how they can move through life a little more smoothly and communicate more smoothly too. What I find is that if you're an empath and you're trying to communicate with other people who aren't so high in their empathic nature, it can be difficult because you really are speaking two different languages, you're coming from two different places, and you're seeing two different perspectives or experiencing two different perspectives, and it really can create some issues in business and marriages and friendships and just day-to-day communication with people. So we're going to just sort of look at that. And if you uh, if you have comments or questions, I would love to hear from you. It's 347-677-1443, and you just press 1 to speak with the host. And uh, so we're going to do our I'm, – I'm really liking doing the meditation. As most of you know, if you listen, we do a meditation every day, and it's just a short little – guided thing to get you started for your day. Uh, we're going to do that at the end again. I'm really liking it at the end. So if you're somebody who listens to the archives and you come on specifically for the meditation, it'll be like within the last 10 minutes or so of the show. So, all right. So what is an empath to begin with? You know, we hear the term here and there, but maybe, you know, I guess maybe people in in uh, in mainstream life don't hear that word every day, but it's uh, an empath is somebody who is able to feel. Their feeling is their first um, manner of communication or accepting communication, taking on. We actually, where some people will see and hear first, we tend to feel first and then see and hear and try to catch up with our logical mind in in uh, what it is that we're feeling, Right. So, for instance, if an empath comes into a room where there has just been an argument, a really heated argument, they're going to pick up on that residual energy, whether they know that they're an empath or not. Whether And this is just normal everyday people because there are different gifts of perception that we all naturally have. You don't have to be a psychic to be an empath because in reality, we all are psychic. It's a, it is a sixth sense. It is... It is a part of us, whether we acknowledge it or not. It's, it doesn't matter. So if an empath or somebody who's high in empathy walks into a room where there's been a heated argument, they're going to pick up that uh, stress, agitation, irritation, maybe, maybe fear. How they perceive it will depend on their their emotional state and their manner of of responding to things. But if they walk into a room where it's been a heated argument, they're going to pick something up 
and they're not going to have a logical explanation for it. And so I understand being an empath, and so I would walk into a room and feel, wow, this this room feels pretty funky, what just happened here. Some people would walk in and not know. They would just suddenly shift in a mood, and they would suddenly become irritated, agitated, fearful, whatever it may be, because they take that communication from the energy of the room and they take it into their own energy. And then that's how they start processing things. And so they don't know why, but suddenly they're irritated or fearful or agitated or whatever it may be. And so they may start an argument with somebody for no real reason except that they walked into an argument energy. So it's an interesting thing to live life as an empath, and it's really an interesting thing to be somebody who has to interact with empaths. So my son, who is not an empath, really he is, but he he really doesn't work to come out of that part of him. Um, he tries very hard to just be in the logical. He's a fisherman, and so we were looking, we were watching actually the goldfish in our in our tank, and we realized that every little thing he feels, every little you know, if if there's a bump on the table or whatever, he feels it rather than necessarily hearing it because of the lateral lines. And we started talking about the lateral lines. And so now it's a running joke in my house that I have a lateral line like a fish because because I sense things first and then I process them like fish do. So empaths, I would love to do a study because I bet there is something with that. I don't know, but... uh, Empaths will take on the energy first. So that's how we communicate is by feelings. And so when I have people come into the center who are high in their feeling nature, they tend to be people who have a lot of anxiety. Anxiety is a big one. People who um, they they just can't get their bearings straight in life, they they know what they want to do, but they keep getting sidetracked or they're not even sure what they want to do, even though they're people who have a lot of ambition. They're people who have a lot of like stress eaters. That's very big with empaths. Um, people who tend to fall in love really easily or who are prone to emotional swings back and forth, high and low. A lot of this is symbolic of a of somebody who is empathic in nature and they just don't know it. So, you know, we're all psychic. So there are four different main gifts of of perception. One is sort of this inner knowing. You don't know how you know, you just know. There doesn't have to be logic behind it, you just know. And uh, then there's the empathic or the feeling people who pick things up in feelings and then translate it into uh, words or communication. And then there are people who are visionaries who see things, they get visions of things before they happen, or as you're talking to somebody, you'll suddenly get a vision of what is really going on behind the scenes. And then there are people who are clairaudient who hear things. And so you may hear, uh, you know, these are people who supposedly hear voices and that sort of thing, but, you know, in my experience, just because someone is seeing and hearing things and you're not doesn't mean that what they're seeing and hearing isn't there. It just means that's not how you're perceiving them. So in some cases, hallucinations are not hallucinations. They're just things you're not seeing or hearing because you probably have one of those different, uh, one of those other uh, perceptions that, that you work out of. Now, we all have all four of those within us. We can develop them all and, you know, we can learn how to do that. But for the most part, we work out of the first one or two. You know, they kind of come in a in a line of of uh, skills, right? We're we're really skilled at one and not so much at the next, and and they kind of go down that way. So the reason we're picking empaths today is because empaths are very different. We handle everything differently, it seems, and we process things differently from people who are not empathic. And it's becoming more and more of an issue as the frequency of the earth is rising and as there's more and more people and uh, more and more sprawl going on so that there's not, you know, back when there was more space in between people and there were not so many electronics and there wasn't so much upheaval in the world, it it was a little easier, I think, 
you know, now it's really being pushed to the limits. And the kids that are coming through in a lot of cases are very empathic. Uh, what I find with the kids is that they have more uh, more of a refined ability with all of the different uh, gifts of perception. So even if they're not empathic first, they're still really coming from that empathic spot. So understanding this would be really beneficial for all of us. So if you're an empath, <clears throat> you are affected typically by all of the, the power lines. I'm looking out my window right now at the power lines. There are times that I can't be in a certain part of my house because the uh, the power coming through is so much I can't I can't take it I have to leave, um, but you're affected by the microwaves that are coming off of the computers and the cell phones and the microwave ovens and the all this stuff that we have that emits all this radiation all this different stuff. An empath will pick that up. So if you happen to live in a city and there's all this stuff flying around and you're very anxious, you're very uh, stressed out, you're very fearful, you can't sleep, you can't, you just feel, sometimes you feel like you're just climbing out of your skin and you don't know why. And so what do we do, right? We go to a doctor and we get prescriptions to help us calm down when really what we need to do is understand what's happening. We're basically, uh, we're basically being poisoned by all of the electronics and things in the air and and picking up on it's it's like a over we're being over stimulated and we don't realize it and so we don't know to to have some sort of release so if you live in an area with a lot of people you're picking up on everybody's everything you're picking up on when your neighbors had a bad day when i live in an apartment complex as an empath i have a very hard time because i pick up on everybody that is around me, and you're basically in little mailboxes, right? You're just all in little boxes in cubby holes, and so you're all sharing that one space. And as an empath, I feel everybody's everything. So if they're having a bad day, a good day, the kids are going a little crazy, the whatever it is, I'm feeling it. And I have no logical representation of what's going on for me. So as far as I know... <laughs> I just need to like have a drink or I need to go get some kind of meds from the doctor or I just am kind of this stressed out biatch, you know? And uh and so understanding what's happening is really important for me. Now for me I choose not to live at this point I choose not to live around a lot of high energy stuff. I live out in the woods. I love it out here, you know. I'm close enough to town to go interact and whatnot, but but I'm also far enough out that I can just release and let down and I don't have to pick up everybody's everything. All I'm picking up is the beautiful feeling of nature and the trees and, and the mountains and that kind of thing. So it's learning to work with that response rather than having it just come at you nonstop. So when I am helping people understand an empath, uh, a lot of times I'll use the analogy of being a sponge, because that's essentially what we are. We're energetic sponges. And so if you take a sponge and you, you know, you dip it in some murky water and then you dip it in some some really like uh, water with like super cleaning fluid with all kinds of toxins to kill bacteria and whatever in it. And then you dip it in some clean water and then you, you know, dip it in some milk and you dip it in some whatever. Think about the mess that you have in that sponge. <laughs> Think about how how clear, when you squeeze that sponge, how clear is what, what comes out? How How is that going to be? And so it's it's kind of gross, but it's a really good representation of an empath who doesn't realize how to handle it. So we just are taking on all this stuff because we are sponges. You can't you can't work your way out of that. You can find a way to there are skills you can develop to make it so that you can move through life pretty easily, but part of that skill set is learning how not to be in that situation and how to keep yourself from absorbing everything and keeping it. So if you're this sponge you can't exactly tell a sponge i'm going to i'm going to have you in this bowl of milk but don't absorb any of it 
That just doesn't really work, does it? Because a sponge is just a sponge. It just does what it does. An empath is an empath. We do what we do. So for us, it's in our best interest to begin understanding that our first initial communication with everything in the world, in the universe, is via our feelings. So as we move through life, we're picking up the feelings and the energy. It's not even just the feelings. We, we're we picking up the energy is what we're picking up. So, But people tend to speak of that in feelings. So as we walk through life and through our world and work and home, interacting with people, we're picking up the energy that's out there. So if I go to the bank and I deal with the teller and they're having a bad day, I'll typically feel it and then mirror it back to them because I don't know, all of a sudden I'm just in a bad mood and what are you looking at? And, you know, just I have no logical reasoning for the mood that I just snapped into. So I just snap. So this person can be in a bad mood. I go to interact with them and if I don't do anything to shift that energy then I'm going to take that on because it's face-to-face, they're right at me, we're talking, we're exchanging communications, and so I'm right into that energy. So learning skills to walk through life and not just be hit by everybody else's energy is really important for us to do. It's also important for other people who are in our lives to understand that if you're having a really bad day or if if you are living with an empath or you you interact with an empath on a regular basis, <clears throat> if they go into just suddenly a, a a mood switch, okay, everything's fine, and then just all of a sudden they're they they tend to bring a lot of drama empaths do because they have all this stuff coming at them and they don't really know what to do with it. So if you're with one and they start becoming emotional, dramatic, or suddenly they switch moods helping them understand that maybe they're picking up on what's around and then perhaps shifting so that you're inputting more of a positive spin on things so that you're allowing them to get rid of that yuck that they just stepped into as a sponge, right? Squeeze that out and allow them to absorb something happy, funny, joyful, insightful, whatever it may be. That's really great for everybody because as we pull in all this stuff, whether it's good, bad, pretty, ugly, whatever, we're radiating it back out to the world because that's essentially what we do. We're uh, transmutators of energy. So we pull energy in as an empath. We, We absorb all this. And then if we're on track with what we're doing here on Earth, we then radiate it out. So you'll find that most people who are very empathic are also very outgoing, very social, uh, or would would be by nature if they weren't so filled with anxiety and fear because of what they're picking up. So we basically are like little towers just emitting energy and just holding space for whatever energy it is we take on. Understanding that this is what's happening and then using it for the greatest good is a really wise move for us to do. And it's a really wise move for other people who are with us to understand and to uh, to also assist us with. So, for instance, if when I work in Sedona, all right, I, I'll go down and Sedona is a very high energy place. There are times when I'm in Sedona for, you know, three or four days in a row. I may spend the night just to not have to do the commute back and forth. And I'm in that energy for so long, and it's so, uh, so intense there for an empath. It's very intense there with all the vortexes and just it's a real power place. I will start to really swing out of out of whack. I'll become overtired, oversensitive. I can't think straight. I don't even know what I want anymore. It's There is no down time to just relax and release what I've been absorbing because there's so much pumping at me all the time. So I actually, and that's why I don't live there. I live in Flagstaff, which is about 45 minutes away, thereabouts. And uh, 
and up 3,000 feet. So I'm up higher in elevation so that I can come up out of the Sedona energy and ground in the forest, just be in the forest and sort of let that extra energy just go with love and let it, because it's wonderful energy, it's just too much. It's overstimulation for me. And so as an empath, I can't live there and be healthy. So understanding this is very beneficial because what happens is when I go into a high power place or if I go to, say, Atlanta, Georgia or Orlando, Florida, I had to move away from Orlando, Florida. It was too much for me. As an empath, I couldn't handle it. And so, and that's not a weak thing. That's an understanding of the fact that I am a sponge as an empath and I am going to absorb what's around me and do I want to absorb the energy that Orlando is now putting out? Not so much. <laughs> For me, I'm, it's not my thing. It's um, <clears throat> it's very competitive. It's very rat race. It's very there's just a lot going on there that's not stuff I want to absorb. So I chose to move someplace where, when I'm absorbing things, I can absorb the beautiful nature, the beautiful uh, happenings. <clears throat> excuse me, with with the earth and with the people around me who are, you know, a lot of Native Americans and a lot of just laid back, relaxed people. So I'm working with the fact that I'm an empath instead of just ignoring it and thinking that I'll just get over it. So if you live with an empath, so if you live with somebody who has issues with anxiety or who has issues with codependence is another big one. Codependence for empaths is a big deal. Um, The type A personalities in some cases are empaths that just really pick up on everybody else's need to achieve and and be good enough and they a lot of times they'll feel that other people feel not good enough and so but they'll take it on as their own and so they don't even know why they don't feel good enough but they're constantly working really hard to feel better and because they're not addressing the actual issue which is feeling other people's feelings they really burn themselves out when you are an empath and you have this anxiety and you can't explain it or you have this feeling of just something's not right and I don't know what or you uh, you have this feel that you can't go out. A lot of times empaths are feeling like they can't even go out of the house. They can't even leave the house. They can't, um, they can't face the day. They, there's just a lot going on with people who are empathic in nature right now And helping them to understand this is really important because it's needless what they're going through. They don't have to go through this miserable stuff. I had a period before I really understood this where I wasn't able to leave my house. I couldn't even go out to the clothesline to to put the clothes out to dry and bring them in and everything. I, I really just sat in my house. And then I started gaining some understanding about this. And it was that I was in an area where the feeling was so intense and it was not a good feeling. It was not um, Daytona Beach, Florida, great place to visit, I guess, I guess, but definitely not to live, and uh, a lot of really funky energy there, and I just got to the point where I couldn't even leave my house. And then I started gaining insight on the fact that it's the empathic nature. I'm, I'm not, the energy that I'm walking out into is so different from what I want to feel that I can't even do it because it's like I'm walking out into this field of just yuck. I don't want to pick up on it. I'd rather be in my own environment where I can make it feel nice and cozy and good to me. So with empaths, a lot of times they won't they won't be able to leave the house. They'll get uh, the, they call it when they get diagnosed. They call it ag- agoraphobia, um, the anxiety that we tend to feel is simply a buildup of all of that energy that we're picking up from everybody, the the grid lines in the world even. We've got the uh, like the ley lines and the energetic grids and all of that. So as an empath, if you're very if you're a sensitive empath, which you can be without even knowing that you've got any of this going on, because it's just your nature, you can actually feel what's going on around the world because of these energetic grids that cover the earth the energy, say, from Egypt, with all this stuff going on in Egypt, that energy is traveling the grids of the earth. And so we can end up feeling it and experiencing that and not have any clue what's going on 
We don't know why we're all riled up. We don't know why there's so much energy pumping through us that we don't even know what to do with it. So we define it as anxiety because we've got more energy than our body can process, and so it is now defined as anxiety. When I work with people in life coaching, um, we find that a lot more people are empathic than they know, and a lot of them have a lot of anxiety and they're on anxiety medications or they're they're thinking about going on anxiety medications. And we find that if we can actually just get them getting rid of this excess energy, right, which in a lot of cases can be exercising, it can be um, it's that movement of your body because as you move your body, it's like squeezing out the sponge. So as you've absorbed all this stuff, you've got to find a way to let it process and get out. So for me, I would go to the gym and I would just stay on the treadmill. And I would just, I'd put in a, you know, book, an audio book or whatever and just listen to it or music. And I would just relax and I would just stay on the treadmill for probably an hour, hour and a half when I was in Orlando. And it, and I would just see the energy just moving through and out of my body and just see it being replaced with light and love and harmony and balance so that I was filling my sponge with what I chose to have. You can tap into the things that you enjoy because it's energy. It's not a physical. You don't actually have to touch it to tap into it. So I would just kind of out with the old and with the new, and I would decide what was coming in. And that I found very beneficial. And when I do life coaching with people, I find that this works very well for people who are empathic and have high anxiety. We find it's not, in fact, uh really a chemical imbalance that needs to be dealt with with prescriptions. And I'm not a doctor. I'm, you know, full disclaimer, I'm <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'm not here to say go off your medication or whatever, but these are the results I've seen that I've had myself. And, and I find that it's very powerful for people who are empathic in nature to get some of these little tools and techniques to handle um, their energy, right? It's just understanding. And so... Then we move into the communication system. When we're communicating with people as empaths or if you're somebody who's not empathic and you're communicating with somebody who is, you have to understand that we're coming from two entirely different places. So as as an empath speaking with people who are not empathic, I have to understand that they don't they don't feel things as deeply and that's not a put down, it's um, okay, so if if I see something like roadkill, okay, if I see something on the side of the road that has had interaction with a car, I feel it. And I may even feel what they felt when they got hit. I feel it. It's not my imagination going wild. It's just, that's just how I process. I get my communication via energetic impulses. And then it processes to a logist, uh, the logistics of things and, and I process it through my brain then. Other people who are not empathic get it through their brain first and they can decide if they let it go into their feelings. So it's very interesting to watch the two try to communicate if they're unaware of what's going on. So if you've got somebody, uh, for instance, I work very closely with Jessica who owns Sacred Light of Sedona. She was um, she started out as my student, and so we have developed the communication skills as she's been learning more and more about this. And she's very high in vision, so she doesn't come from her feelings first. She comes from her brain first. And so it's taken us a couple of years now to really get the communication clear because she has to understand that I'm feeling things before it gets to my brain. And I have to understand that, you know, no, she's not an inconsiderate, cold-hearted whatever. It's that she doesn't feel it first. It goes through her brain processes and then she allows it into her feelings if if it goes that far. So in our communications with one another, she allows herself to understand things from her feeling nature on a conscious level and that helps her understand me and I have to understand that she's not coming from that place of of picking things up in a feeling mode. She has to process it through her brain first and then let it get to her feelings. So so we just have to really make allowances for the other one and communicate 
in a manner that the other one will understand and work with each other on this. And we've found that it works really well because we balance each other out very nicely. I can help her understand when she's too much in her brain and she can help me understand when I'm maybe not not coming from, um, when I'm dealing with earth stuff, the feelings are fabulous, but I have to make sure that I allow for that releasing the stuff that isn't mine. So uh, the other thing that needs to be watched out for <clears throat> when dealing with empaths and communicating back and forth is that as an empath, I'll pick up what she's thinking or feeling and think it's mine because there is no definition between the two. We're all one, and empaths get that probably better than anybody else. We're all one, and so when I come into someone's energy field or we connect just energetically, I mean, I don't. I feel period cramps from my friend in Florida, and I'm in Arizona, and I had a full hysterectomy, so I can't even have period cramps. But I feel hers, and so I can call and go, are we having issues today? <laughs> you know. And once I've found that once I identify where it's coming from, then I can release it because I realize it's not mine. And so for me, that's a key that has really played a very important part in things is understanding that once I realize, okay, this is not mine, I can just sort of cut that cord and allow it to go back to the person. I don't have to keep feeling everything that they do. Um, as an empath also, you uh, – and I just – we've had some more people join us. I just want to um, let you know that if you have questions or comments, you're welcome to uh, press 1 to, to chat with me, and we welcome that. We <laughs> – me and all my guides. <laughs> so I completely lost my train of thought, so we'll just go someplace else. It's just me babbling here with, with uh, nobody else to talk to. <laughs> so when you are uh, going through life this way, ah, yes, I know where I was going. Okay, so as an empathic child, I would get sick a lot. And um, every couple of weeks, actually, I was at the doctor's. And my parents really did holistic stuff, and we were actually a very healthy family. And so as I grew older, I found that it wasn't so much that I was sick. It's that I was picking up on the energy of other people. Who, who were not feeling well. And this became very apparent one day when I was, I was working in a, in a sales office and, and my boss came in, but about 10 minutes before he came in, I went from feeling absolutely perfect, top of the world, to all of a sudden I felt like I got hit with the flu, just out of nowhere. And, I mean, I had the achies from the fever, I had the stomach thing, I had the aches and pains through my bones and joints and just feeling really yuck. I kind of, you know, that whole green feeling. And But I had been five, five minutes later, I mean, five minutes before. So about 10 minutes after I start feeling this way, my boss comes walking in. And, you know, it was one of those offices where he'd come in and everybody would like run up and hug him and hello, how are you? And it was definitely not your normal office. But you know, people went up to say hello, and he's telling them no, 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 because he didn't want to get them sick. He had the flu. And so I realized that, you know, okay, so this is probably not mine. And so when I just kind of checked with my energy and I just kind of let him have his flu energy back, I just released it, all of a sudden I felt back on top of the world again. So when you're unaware of the fact that you may be picking up other people's stuff, it's that there is that flu vibration. If you want to get down to a science of it, okay, there's that flu vibration. As he's thinking about being in the office, as he's heading to the office, his energy is already there because your energy moves with your thoughts. So his energy entered the building a few minutes before he did. And so I feel that energy as it enters the building, and I think I have the flu because how would I know I didn't? And so then he comes in, and I can see, okay, he's got the flu. So as long as I just wipe this energy out of my energy field, as long as I just cleanse my energy field before it really gets a hold, then then I'm fine. If, in fact, a lot of times when things are going around, right, everybody's getting it, a lot of times people will be empathic and they pick this, this vibration of flu or this vibration of whatever, strep throat or, you know, it, 
it puts off a certain if you you can even in the aura photos the Ayurvedic style aura photos, you can actually see the energy patterns when somebody's sick. You can see the energy patterns where they are because it creates a different vibration. So that vibration then kind of, if you're empathic, you take that vibration on. If you don't get rid of the vibration that isn't yours, then it will in fact create the change in your own vibration and create that physical illness. So you can in fact catch things from people and it's more of a vibratory thing because you're you're pulling in that vibration of them you're taking on their actual energy patterns into your own and it shifts your own to the point of of feeling like you're sick because you get that vibration of flu you get that vibration of whatever it might be Uh, a lot of times you know empaths will feel other people's aches and pains when i'm working with clients and I've got them on the uh, table to work with their energy, or even when I'm just in a reading with them, I can ask them, you know, suddenly I'll I'll kind of scan their energy if they're on the table and we're working with energy work, and I'll get a real pain wherever it is they're having problems. And they don't have to have said anything to me at all. So I can either take that on, or I can assist in shifting their energy and creating that a stronger barrier around my energy field. So once you gain the understanding of the science behind it, it's actually really easy to work with. But until you do understand it, it's very difficult. And if you happen to be somebody who interacts with somebody who's very empathic, especially if they don't know it, it can be a challenge to try and communicate back and forth because this person may always be sick. They may always have aches and pains. They may... Um, just really be kind of a roller coaster of emotions and feelings. And uh, it's understanding that when you're communicating with them that creates creates the ability to have a healthy, happy life. So we do have a caller who would like to chat with me. Yay! <laughs> so I believe this is Daniel, yes? Hello. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Well, I was... Uh... Since you hit on the communication thing, I thought it was uh, probably a a good thing to mention. I believe, I'm not big on the astrology, so I could be wrong here, but I've seen a lot of stuff going around that we're in Mercury retrograde right now. And so (laughs) the fact that you touched on communication seemed uh, extra poignant because um, with with empathetic people being, um, well, not exactly being the best at communicating with uh, non-empathetic people to begin with, <laughs> I would imagine it just brings on a whole other dimension whenever uh, whenever there's and not just the energy of this planet, but other planetary energy kind of thrown into the mix there. So right. uh, what are your feelings right. on that? Uh, what, what's your experience whenever Mercury goes into retrograde? Um, my experience actually is it definitely is heightened, the uh, miscommunication. And <clears throat> I find that I'm more sensitive. Um, I'm more sensitive to miscommunication, if that makes sense. Like the other day, I was I was in a mood because I was picking up um, everybody's stress and whatnot about you know the fires here and Fourth of July and just uh, there's a lot of stress around Fourth of July here because of forest fires and that kind of thing and them being started and whatnot with people's fires and whatever. And uh, so my son and I were trying to communicate, and he is not coming from his empathic space. And uh, he, he's he been with me long enough now to understand that, especially with Mercury retrograde, I actually tell them when it's in retrograde because we do have communication glitches all the time. Um, I find I'm more sensitive in my... Uh, my feeling nature when Mercury is in retrograde. So, you know, he started to make a point and realized that it was going to come across as hurtful to me, even though he didn't mean it that way. He was just expressing his opinion, but the Mercury retrograde creates all these little short circuits and glitches, so he's going to communicate in a more harsh way because of it, and I'm going to take it way more sensitively than I would have otherwise. So... 
when Mercury retrograde is going on, it's really a good time to just shut up. (laughs) It just really is. If you don't have to make the phone calls to communicate with the power company or something, don't. Because you're going to try to communicate, and it's going to come out all wonky. It's like there's this weird filter on our energy. As we speak, the words go through this filter, and we go, wait, that's not what I said. How are you reacting to that, you know? And so it definitely creates um, creates some issues. And also, it also creates glitches with uh, electronics. I don't know if you're aware of that. I would assume so, but... It creates glitches with electronics, so trying to get phone calls through, trying to get emails through, that kind of thing, especially mainly electronics that deal with communication. They tend to just have glitches all over the place. And so it, um, it definitely creates some issues. So we're always really super happy to see it go direct again. It's, I don't know much about astrology either, but I know the Mercury retrograde cycles. Because... <laughs> You do just have to just step back and hush and just let it be. Because you may be communicating clearly, but the person you're communicating to may be having all kinds of short circuits and glitches. True, true. Or it could just be perception where I think I'm communicating clearly and to myself I am communicating quite clearly, but maybe to that other person. Uh, I'm the one who's having the short circuits. So I think right. it go both ways there. I was, being I, was uh, I was just kind of <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just kind of curious because um it's uh the last couple of days here in Chicagoland it's been a bit warm. Um well uh I guess in perspective we've had a rather cool summer up to this point. And mm-hmm. so anyway I decided to take a nice long walk with the dogs, probably a little bit shy of three hours. And uh, there's a really nice trail that goes through the area here. Um, The unfortunate thing is on the end of the trail near where I live, um, it's not very well shaded at all, and so I figured it might be a good idea to try the other end and never walked that side before, so I figured the dogs would probably have fun smelling the new things and whatnot. And um, anyway, I was noticing that even though it did seem just very, very beautiful with all of the the trees and everything on that end, um, the, the people came across as being... Well, noticeably less friendly because uh, up in this area, I probably, I could easily say the vast majority of the people that I come into contact with are just, just, hi, how's it going, blah, 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 blah. Um, Whereas on my little adventure yesterday, it seemed like maybe three or four people out of the easily, easily probably 100, maybe even 200 that I came into contact with were, uh, were the only ones at high, and so I wasn't sure if it was the Mercury retrograde thing, if it was just a different energy it on, certainly on could be. that side. Well, and that could be, too. Thing. You know, it's, well, it could be all of the above, really. There is a lot of funky energy that goes with Fourth of July, a lot of it. Um, but also, you know, like here where I am, uh, if you were to look at Google Maps and, and sort of see my neighborhood, you would see the interstate goes through and on one side, way back in the woods, is my neighborhood. And on the other side, kind of up in the woods, was the neighborhood where Jessica used to live before she moved. So we're just on opposite sides of the uh, of the interstate. We're literally like five minutes apart from each other. Um, the two neighborhoods are so incredibly different. They're so very different. The houses look the same. The, everything kind of looks the same, but the energy is totally different. Where I am is sort of... Um, just people who want to live in the mountains and the woods, and they're they're good neighbors to each other, but they're not in your business. They just everybody kind of does their own thing, and if you need help, they're there. On her side, it's all like the suburban driving soccer mom retirees from the high income stuff. So there's like the homeowners association that says you have to do this and you have to do that, and it's just very interesting the energy of the two places here. People would never drive by if they thought you needed help. There, they'll drive by nonstop, and maybe you know some will help. And but it's the energy is totally different. so. It can also just be that certain energies are drawn to one side and certain energies are drawn to the other. You know, for and, and that probably comes down to the grids and the ley lines and the energy from the earth. I would think that has something to do with it. That's something that a lot of us have not even approached yet, and it's a huge contributing factor to things. So 
um, especially if you happen to be a feeling nature. So. That makes sense. Yeah, it just struck me as a bit odd that I would have such a vastly different experience only a few miles up the road. And right. uh, it's, uh, I don't know, I just, uh, I sort of wanted to pick your brain on that. Well, absolutely, and that's a great point, actually, because you already have challenges with communication to begin with when you're talking um, empath versus non-empath and the unawareness of what's happening there, but then you throw in Mercury retrograde as well, and holy crikey, that's a lot of misunderstandings going on, you know? And uh, so, you know, the other thing I wanted to touch on, too, I know you are a big pet person and a big critter person, not literally a big critter person because that conjures some funny pictures, but... Um, <laughs> I don't mind at all. It's actually an image in my mind. But, you know, I also wanted to say that, you know, animals are exactly the same as us. Some um, are more empathic than others. And so you'll have some animals that are very, very cuddly, and they tend to be the ones who are empathic. They communicate through feelings. And... uh my son had sugar gliders, has sugar gliders. And one of our little gliders passed, and her name was Serenity, and she was just, she was really the outgoing, super friendly one, you know. And then we have Bonnie, who was her sister. And so Serenity passed, and now Bonnie is there. And, you know, he he was feeling really bad because he just, he bonded with Serenity, but he couldn't bond with Bonnie. And he's you know, he's feeling bad like he hasn't bonded with her because he can't hold her and stuff like that. And as I'm witnessing this and watching this and really really paying attention, I see that Serenity was a little feeler. She was a little empath. She was just all, let's cuddle. Everybody, let's cuddle. Whoever you are, let's cuddle. <laughs> you know? And Bonnie, is she perks up. She's so happy when he walks in the room. She's so happy when she hears his voice, but he can't get anywhere near her. And so that's another telltale sign of somebody who is, is or is not empathic. People who are not empathic tend to, oh, no, don't touch me. I don't, I don't want to feel, no, don't touch me. That's not how we talk. That's not how we communicate. <laughs> I don't have to touch you to say I love you, right? And then empaths are more, um, let's cuddle. Let's, you know, pet me, pet me, pet me, you know. And um, so even with your animals, you'll find that some are empathic and some are not. And so that's really important when you're communicating with them and when you're, you know, as as our, as the pet's people, I won't say owners, I don't like that word, but um, as their people, we find that, you know, some we feel like we bond with more so than others, when really if we stepped back, is it really that we're bonding with them more than others or are the others bonding with us, they're just not super touchy-feely, you know? So I don't know, how do you feel about that? Mr. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. I um, That brings on a new dimension to it because up to this point, I, I kind of just uh, boiled it down to different personalities. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, looking at it from the uh, from the energetic level, that, uh, that definitely broadens the perspective a little bit because um, the uh, two dogs, uh, the male dog, is just very, very... Uh, um, I don't want to say he's like my little stalker, um, but he more or less is. I, I pretty much can't turn around without him being there, whereas right. the female dog, she's more like a cat, and uh, she just kind of does her own thing, doesn't really want to be bothered too much. Um, she's very, very sweet and uh, and very, very loving, and, and just, mm-hmm. she's just hilarious. Just not touchy-feely, huh? Yeah, she's quite a comical dog, and she doesn't mind the uh, like the, the physical affection. But um, but by and large, um, whenever I go to bed, she's the one that comes and, and curls up like right next to me, whereas she's uh, she's a little bit further away usually. And sometimes I'll wake up and, and she's down by my feet and she's up next to my legs. But by and large, yeah, that's uh, nice. that makes a lot of sense. I am going to switch over. We have another caller who would like to chat, and we have... Just about 10 minutes left, so I thank you for your input and for listening. You're here every day. That's so nice to see your phone number there every day. (laughs) All right. I hear you every day. Aw. Well, thank you, sir, and we will talk to you next week, no doubt. So, And I'm going to pull... (laughs) Bye. I'm going to go ahead and pull a caller from area code 323 over if you just tell us your name. Hi, my name is Sophia. 
Hi, Sophia. How are you? Good. I have an interesting question. I will okay. take a person. I describe her energy as fried. Her energy is fried, frantic, um, and uh, it's like I like her. I think she's a good person. I feel her heart. I know she's, you know, but then there's this other energy. I'm intuitive, and I, I'm standing in her, and she stands next to me, and I feel the energy in my space, and I just want to mm. throw up. Right. So you're very empathic. Yeah, I mean, and a part of it, I get like, you want to, some of it's personal where you're like, damn, you're freaking messed up, but then I, but then I'm picking up on it, so I'm trying to be as diplomatic as I possibly can because I do like this person. Uh-huh. It's not the first time I've had this experience. I've had it before and I've worked through it. Right. I just want to know what you're getting, if you can help me. <laughs> right. Well, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I find that there are certain people that are difficult to be around, and, uh, yeah. And you can overcome it if it's something you have to overcome. And right. it's a matter of creating that. Um, I if you Now, is this somebody that you typically know you're going to be in their space or they're going to be in your space ahead of time? Pretty much. I work with them. Yeah, okay. I know when I have okay. Yeah. Good. So, you know, what you can do is really kind of create a bubble around yourself and okay. just, um, you know, we all have, I don't know if you work with them or not, but we all have guardian angels. They're with us all the time and, and they're not just for emergency situations. They're here helping us learn how to work with our energy and learn how to mix the two worlds. So yes. if you just call in your angels and just say, you know what, can we just put a nice bubble of light around me so that we can interact, but her energy doesn't need to enter my space. And then yes. I will actually go so far as to sort of keep an actual distance of at least three feet. Yes. Because I find that three feet barrier makes a big difference. <laughs> so Absolutely. If I can keep three feet between me and them, that's great. And maybe looking to see, you know, as you're working with this person, is it just that they're also empathic and they don't know it and they're taking on all this stuff and it will help you understand a little bit more. So they'll typically talk in feelings. I feel this, I feel that, instead of I see or I hear or I, you know, um, Mm -hmm. they'll speak in feelings more so. And so if you can get a feel for if they're empathic and they're just gathering all kinds of funky energy and that's why they're they're so fried, um, then you know to really sort of protect your energy because then they're just emitting yes. everything they're picking up yes. and they're unaware. Yes. And if they're – now, is this somebody you can talk to about that? Can you talk to them on that level or no? I, I mean, I have – actually, I've had work experiences where I have told people, this is what's going on in your field and – um, I've done that. Um, mm-hmm. I've, uh, yeah, there's some delicate things going on with this person. So it's like sometimes right. I don't know how far I want to get, you know? Right. Well, and that's that's why I asked because sometimes it's just yeah. not appropriate. And that's right. okay. You know? So there is also um, the the lady that runs the center that I work with. She makes this stuff called organ art, which is like Oregon or Oregonite, <clears throat> except that it's, made like artwork it's really pretty and what she does is she's she's channeling as she's doing it so she actually makes it specifically for your situation and it's really inexpensive so it's like this little piece of of resin artwork that you put on your desk a lot of people use them at work and and it sort of blasts this energy so that people can only come when they come in it shifts their energy and they're much easier to deal with while they're in your space or they can't come in to that three-foot circle. Okay. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. It's so easy, you know. So I have like three of them in my house, and we have them all over the center. And it definitely makes a difference. So there, there's also that. You can use little things like stones or whatever. But the, the organ art is, if you go to sacredlightofsedona.com, you can find her link for the organ art or even just call her. And, uh, but it's, okay. it's like What's 35 bucks for a piece. Sorry? Okay. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, I would say just keep, you know, keep your physical distance and keep your energy really buffered. Mm-hmm. And if the opportunity comes along to say something to them about, you know, um how you feeling, speak in feelings to them and see how they react to it. How are you feeling today? Uh-huh. How did you feel last night? What was if they talk about what was going on in a different situation last night they went to the club or they whatever and how are you feeling now? You know, mm-hmm. just Speak in feelings and get them to, you can, uh, there's a technique called polarity shift that we do where you can plant 
happy, bubbly, or calming words, or whatever the energy is that you want to shift it to, mm-hmm. you just plant those words into the conversation and get them to start repeating words like it. And it shifts the energy of the person. And it's a temporary thing. So if it's somebody you live with, that's really hard. But if it's somebody you work with, you can do that, and it really can make a difference. Okay. I have an so, interesting question along with this one. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Someone has a mate, <laughs> and unless the mate has frantic energy too, how would, I mean, sometimes I'm thinking, who would be in a relationship with this person It's such a chaotic, frantic way of living? Right. That they might be off of it. Um, it could be, yeah. It okay. also could be that, you know, that they don't have a high energy force themselves, and so that feeds them because they don't have the energy to feed themselves, kind of. Got it. Got so, it. you know, yeah. I just look at situations like that and go, wow, glad it's not me, you know. Totally, <laughs> and totally. kind of leave it there. So, um, yeah, so it's generally a balance of energies for whatever reason and whatever intention, you know. Cassie, I have another question. Do you mind? No, nope, go right. We have about three minutes left, so you're good. Psychic, the psychic energy question. Um, uh-huh. I know someone that is, let's say, psychically implanting things in people. So, uh-huh. is it? I, someone said it's mind control. I believe it's probably mind control and psychic energy. Right. You know what I'm saying? So because yeah, it's actually more thing. common than people think. Okay, because um, it's really crazy. Because I'm, I was not anymore. <laughs> Um, but I'm intuitive enough to feel what's going on and sense what's going on and seeing what's going on. Um, but it's funny that everyone makes a choice. You can decide to continue or not to continue. And most people want to continue because they think there's something in it for them at the end when there isn't. Right, right. And then, you know, a lot of people um, shift gears partway through because they find that, okay, I was looking for something. This isn't it, but, you know, I haven't, they have to find what is it before right. they shift gears. And then some right. people just really enjoy that level of energy. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that I do in Sedona is, is kind of remove those things and undo those things. And even like black magic and, you know, in Florida, most of my work was undoing black magic, you know. And that's what it feels like. There's a little bit of black yeah. magic in this. and they're Yeah, it's through. a lot more prominent than people think, you know. Crazy. And so yeah. it's, really important to that's why it's so important to manage your own energy because if you don't somebody else is going to manage it for you because as we're emitting energy we're just energy balls right and so if we don't keep control of our energy somebody else is just going to take from it i mean there are people with that that level of integrity yeah when someone does this is it obviously they have an intention to take but is it like a is it like something that they is this their, like they planned on doing this from the beginning or they just stumbled upon it and they did some processes that like the well, this is the right results and we continue to do this? I think it can be, you know, any of the above. Right. I think there's a lot of different situations. And so yeah, sometimes right. people do it and they're unaware of it. And then other times mm-hmm. people do it and they're very aware of it. And then other right. people specialize. So, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're not going to do our meditation today because we have like just over a minute left. So what did you think? I know you joined our show a little bit late, but was this helpful to you, understanding more oh, of the empathic versus helpful. non-empathic? Huh? That's why I tuned yes. in. That's why, that's why yeah. Very, good. Very good. good. Very helpful. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm always looking for ideas for topics. <clears throat> so if people want to email me here or um, on Facebook, Truth Light or The Mystical Truth on Facebook, um, I'm always looking for show topics, too. So um, I want to thank you for calling in. Are you good? Because we have about less than a minute left. Thanks so much, Sophie. I'm glad you thank called you. in. I'm glad you're with it. us. Thank you. All right. Thank have you. a great day. Thank you. Okay. So we're just under a minute. I do want to let you guys know that you can find me at sacredlightofsedona.com. That's the center I work in. My website is mysticaltruth.com, and it's being revamped, but you can get me through there and, and get a basic idea of what I do. Also, 12weekcoaching.com for life coaching. That can be, in, it's intuitive coaching. It can go from mainstream to mystical. It depends on the person. And um, <clears throat> also, I just really want to thank you all for being, sorry we 
didn't get to our meditation today, but we will tomorrow. And uh, everybody have a fantastic day. Um, and remember to hit follow on the show so that I get some followers. That would be great. <laughs> All right. Have a wonderful day.